0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Agony Uncles podcast. We are the hairy bikers. I, unsurprisingly, are Uncle Sam. And I'm Uncle
1: Dave. (laughs) And as always, we'd like to thank you for all your emails you've been sending in about your worries as you navigate life's sometimes potholed highway.
0: Now, here as usual is our collection of little helpers with little hats on and little shoes. Uh, First of all, (laughs) to bring us your emails of misery. It's as always the thin white Duke of loveliness, Mr Jeeves.
2: Hello, lovely to see you and uh, yes, I have got my little shoes on and my little hat.
0: (laughs) Yes, they're only very small, (laughs) I can see that from
2: here. Uh, That's not the only thing that's very small, but I don't (laughs) like to talk about that. Um, No. no, It's lovely to see you and uh, thank you to everyone, yes, as Dave said, for getting in touch. Gillian got in touch. This is interesting. Do you remember the problem we had about the guy who kept having his food nicked at work? Oh, yeah! Gillian has got a suggestion. She said, Why don't you bury a dental disclosing tablet in the sandwich? Um, Ah! Apparently they're very visible. They take some real proper tooth brushing and your tongue stays blue like a chow chow dog for at least 12 hours. Oh! We see advice coming in from all corners.
0: You definitely do not want to mess with Gillian, do you? That's
2: genius. (laughs) Gillian, a.k.a. the Blackheath Poisoner. (laughs) But lots of lovely problems for you to be dealing with today on the show. And to add a little posh
1: to our proceedings, a little gleam on the chrome, she's here. She makes Lady Mary from Downton Abbey look like Ollie from On The Buses. She's posh Hello. Morning,
3: morning, morning. I'm not looking so posh today, though. I'm feeling like I look about 90, I'll be honest. I'm not looking for compliments here. I'm just saying I look more like Olive on the buses today. <laughs> you do, you look lovely. Look lovely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You need special glasses to look like Olive, not like those ones.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I've got new glasses coming, actually. I'm quite excited about those. Where did you yeah, get them just, from? Guess where? Oh, Bex-savers. Bex-savers. Yeah, <laughs> I've decided if my skin gets any saggier then my glasses won't stay up because my cheeks will flop and my glasses will slip down. I've only got these little chubby things to keep the Ch- glasses up. Do
0: you know what you want oh. to do? You put two little black strips of Velcro um, <laughs> <put> on your <laughs> on your cheeks. You'd be laughing. <laughs> Stick
3: your glasses on. Stick I like your glasses American on
1: footballer.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could tie my nipples to it too to keep them up.
0: <laughs> oh, oh well.
1: <laughs> well, this is um, this, this is, is changing the face
0: <laughs> really right. Right. Yeah. Well, before we go any further. And, and listen, if you've got a problem with a little one, you want to write into the Hairy Bikers, that uncles, it's brilliant, Mark. That's the thing, that's all I'm going to say. Right then, Mr Myers, wiggle that jingle fingery, jangly thing.
1: Whoa, Mollica Fuffle,
2: oh, bing, bingly, bong, bong, bing. Hello, Hairy Bikers, here is my request i have got a problem that i must get off my chest won't you listen to my story like a hairy jackanory because i heard your advice is the best In this week's sack of sorrow uncle si uncle dave and saggy posh tash. you'll be cast you're not really you'll be casting your care and compassion on these following troubles and traumas we have beetroot bother We have a Chatty Chat Nightmare. We have a Question of Diet. And in Confidential Corner, we have Marshmallow Waxing Worries. But first of all, it's Beetroot Bother. All will be revealed, literally. Uh, Beetroot Bother. This comes from Stuart Sykes who's gone in touch and says, Hello, Uncle Si and Uncle Dave. I've been a massive fan since your first series, and your podcasts always cheer up the journeys to and from work. Now, I've always been an avid cook, thanks to my mum and my nan, but unlike them... I'm willing to experiment with new foods and try these out on my family and friends. I recently bought some dried beetroot pasta from a deli, but I'm Mm. absolutely stumped for any idea of what sauce to use with it. Have you got any ideas of what type of sauce that would complement it and any ingredients that I should avoid? Says Stuart. Kind regards. Over to you.
1: Interesting, I wonder if it's, is, is the beetroot more about the colour than the taste? It's like pasta verde, I can never really get the spinach in it unless you make it yourself.
0: I think that uh, traditionally, and I can't remember which area from Italy it comes from, I think it probably is about the colour, but you, and it's a really simple sauce, it's olive oil, garlic, courgette and a little bit of chilli, and that's it, and, and and a little bit of parmesan on the top. Um, oh, I can't remember, where. Is it Emilia Romano? I think it might be, you know, mm-hmm. Dave. That's uh, that. That's it, really. That's yeah. all I've had it with.
1: You know what? Why don't we make a lovely? And the recipe is there, free on various websites. A lovely um, beetroot and goat's cheese risotto, and mm. that's lovely with some dill and stuff in it. Mm. But I'm trying to think about the flavour profiles. Like beetroot and goat's cheese go well, or beetroot. And, and cheese and dill and that kind of stuff um, Be-
0: Beetroot and lemon juice go well Beetroot and lemon zest go well yeah. I love
3: beetroot I love it I love Oh it I do Absolutely wow. delicious and I, even from the when I was at school when you had the most disgusting like cu- tiny cubed beetroot in a bowl Oh yeah and then oh, I other, love it, it was just, I still loved it at school and then I love it I love it fresh I love it pickled I love it on anything but I don't I love, just like full stop like the flavour so I wouldn't cover it in anything maybe a bit of vinegar that's what i put a bit over it
1: Yeah Yeah but not with pasta.
3: No, no, sorry not
1: with pasta. No, of course not. No, no. I mean we used to have it just just kind of boiled with, you know, sarsen's malt vinegar and that was it. But yeah. it's, it's good. You did some the other day when I made a hot pot kingy, do you remember? Yeah. It was lovely old school beetroot.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just great. It it was one of those things I got very um what well, got uh, I got very excited because um my mum was a, a flamer for passing on her recipes. You know she'd always like tell you but she'd leave a key thing out. <laughs> and um and it would be so frustrating. And uh, anyway, I, wr- I rang Dave with uh, great excitement, going, "I've got it, mate! I've got it! I've got it! I've got, it. I've got me mum's beetroot recipe for the vinegar, particularly." And um and uh, and what you what you do is you caramelize the sugars first, but just caramelize the sugars first, and then yeah. add it, and then add the vinegar, little mm. toad, and it just gives something else, to, like a lovely, lovely kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: Found a simple recipe here, and it's just with the beetroot pasta served with olive oil, chili, and rosemary. Yeah, That's nice. Good. Yeah, mm. I, I get the rosemary, I'll give it like a nice earthy. But all those nice thing, and then then I would crumble some. Uh, well, pecorino on top would be nice, wouldn't it?
0: I think the thing is about that beetroot pasta, particularly it's a bit of an affectation, I think, um, for like modern bistro kind of restaurant cuisine. But um, I, I, I what. It, it's about keeping this, as Dave says, keeping the flavor profiles as simple as possible. Um, so, you know, so you can taste that lovely pasta.
1: And also work out what goes with, with beetroot. Mm. I mean, beetroot pasta would be quite good with a ragu, wouldn't it? Although Italians are mm. probably bombarding me now with all sorts of hate mail. But I think beetroot <laughs> pasta with a ragu would be good. You know, beetroot mm. and beef. Mm. Yeah, you know, I know. This would be nice, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, it would.
0: Um, i tell you what, could would be nice with it, actually. Um, and I mean, this might sound a bit odd, and I think probably the same hate mail bag will be with me in a minute. But um, clams, you know, vongole, um, beetroot, beetroot and vongole, beetroot and seafood goes pretty nicely. Oh, I, 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 I don't like the sound of that, Kingy. Do you not? Oh, no, no, oh,
1: no. No, no, no. I don't like that. Beetroot
0: that. and ham! Ham and beetroot!
1: I'm a bit beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Could you yeah. do it? Then with the carbonara? all the eggs would make it all go a bit weird.
0: Oh, it? I'd be a bit weird, I wouldn't. Yeah. Or oh, the egg yolks. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Or some yeah. pancetta. I'm you all know, what right. I'm going
3: to say though is, I always say that back to the, uh, I worry when the splodging and the red wine, beetroot juice is a bugger to get out of your fingers, out of your clothes, out of your surface, <laughs> your shopping board, you know, so it's nice to eat, but my God, does it turn the world pink?
0: Oh uh, Well, that should be all right for you. You kind of, you like pink. You know what I mean? Uh, Right. How to get beetroot
1: stains out of clothes quickly. (laughs) Soak (laughs) and blot the stain. Soak a kitchen towel in cold water and blot out the mark. Then rinse the stain under cold water until the water runs clear. Run through with hot water and dab with laundry detergent. Wash on a low temperature. Repeat steps if the stain hasn't disappeared. Uh, What a a bloody
0: (laughs) clot on that is. What about bleach? (laughs) I'll
1: tell you what I did actually. the, The other day I did. Some beetroot. And in fun of it was for our goat, uh, our beetroot risotto, which is lovely, but you, you kind of, you, you boil the beetroot, but half the beetroot you puree, you know, nice. t- in, into the stock that you cook the risotto. Nice. So it is bright red. The other half, you dice. So, of course, there's me in my brand new white all saints t-shirt
3: oh, oh nearly nice. oh yes, oh, no. yes. Nice. I, I,
1: look, I look like the texas chainsaw massacre by the time i finished <laughs> so it was one of those ones lil what do i do lil and um and her thing was just take it off which i did in the sink splodge washing up liquid onto the beetroot stains leave it to salt then put it through a, a 40 degree wash and to be fair it came out immaculately well
3: I did mm. it that's yeah. impressive and your also hands wear,
1: some, wear some gloves surgical gloves
0: all right um lemon juice works really well get it off your hands
2: well i think there you go stuart you got a whole bunch of different pieces of advice there from not just sauce for your dried beetroot pasta but also uh some beetroot recipes generally and what we'll do is we'll get the lovely barry our website guru to stick everything on the uh, on the Harry bikers website so anything you want to find out about this week's episode Food. Makes everything better. All right, your next problem is called the chatty chat nightmare. And for this, we need a lady's name. And it's time to head over to the person who loves giving us names more than anyone else.
3: I woke up in the middle of the night last night and went, Name, Name, Name. And I was thinking, Oh, that'll get me back to sleep. And I obviously passed out before I thought of one. So I don't have one. Oh. So we're going with.
0: Yes, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God.
3: Fenella. Fenella.
2: Fenella. Fenella. Uh, Oh, you see? Why couldn't you
0: just say Fiona? Nah,
2: There's no. got to be an
0: extra v- something in there,
2: hasn't there? Fenella from Surrey. Well, this comes from Fenella, who says, I've got a chatty chat nightmare. Dear agony uncles, poshtash and the duke. duke. Da duke. That'll do you, dude. I'm having an issue with my boss, says Fenella, and I'm not quite sure how to deal with this. I work from home and I'm occasionally required to go into the office. My boss constantly talks, and I mean constantly. It's yes. so bad that I have bought myself earplugs for the office. I do everything I can to avoid her calls. It makes me really uncomfortable and it's exhausting. She doesn't expect the same level of conversation back as whenever mm. I try to join in, I look like a goldfish. She just constantly talks about her, herself, her house, her kids, her ailments, her errands, the state of the country, her decorating. It goes on forever. During time when I should be talking about my workload and work-life balance, I get five minutes to talk. And 55, to listen to her talking about her swollen feet, the size of her granny's bunions, visiting her in-laws. She basically opens her mouth and lets her backside rattle. Now, normally, (laughs) I'd be quite blunt about things and just say something like, I'm going to stop you there and move the conversation on. But it doesn't work. How do I stop my ears from bleeding and try not to let it all bother me so much? Asks Fenella. Over to you.
0: HR. Go to Human Resources and go look. Because I mean, I don't know how big the company is, but it, you, you you have to go over her head, I think because you just you're not getting anywhere if she's if she's supposed to be assessing you on a daily basis and all, on a, a monthly or whatever, I don't know what the structure is but and all she's talking about is herself, then that's not great because she's not getting the best out of you. She doesn't know where you are and actually she couldn't give a shit. so she's actually not doing a job you no. if she's your if she's your line manager, she's not doing her job properly.
1: But you get people like that, don't you? That that, that just mm. bang on endlessly and go around in circles and use fifteen words when two will do. Mm. You know, um, I think it's. I, I kind of feel sorry for him in a way because obviously she feels insecure because she has to drive things all the time. You know, rather than sit back and listen to, uh, a bit, mm. which is not good for a boss, is it? Because part of a boss is just shutting up and listening, and then you know, somebody said about what was it? Um, S- Steven Spielberg. The, the director, they watched him on Saving Private Ryan, it was an actor. And he said he watched how he worked and he simply would be capable of answering a hundred questions like in a minute with one or two word answers and making decisions. And that was the good sign without talking about his dog's nappy or anything.
3: I think probably the boss might be a bit lonely because if she's feeling she's got to rattle off to someone that she knows is a captive audience that can't go anywhere because she'd been paid to sit there she's probably using the opportunity to offload because she doesn't have anyone else to talk to. So I'm thinking, what if, as a starting point, I think HR's a good call because if you're gonna actually fix your problem at work, you've gotta do that. However, what if she suggests they go out for lunch or for a drink and she says, look, I know we've got some. You've got quite a lot to talk about, but it'd be great if I could concentrate at work on my work, and then maybe we could have these conversations outside of work, over a drink or lunch sometime, and give her the opportunity to offload and say to her, "I'd rather not have those conversations in work."
0: Yeah, but but the thing is, what? Why? Why should Fenella take that responsibility on? She doesn't. She clearly just thinks she's, you know, she says she opens her gob and lets her ass rattle, so wow. she's not she's not too keen on her anywhere. And why would you want to take that responsibility on? You know, that's no, uh, true. Uh, you know what i mean it's like you know just shut your gob you daft bint, and and um and then and, and like let us get on with me job and can you actually do your job by assessing me properly i don't yeah, know well, the
1: boss obviously feels because she's the boss she's she in a superior can. position yeah. to subject everybody to what she wants so she's not going to take lightly with one of her underlings offering <laughs> to take her out for a drink you know no, it, it she's going to not- lose
3: her staff if she doesn't shut up
1: well, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm getting another job, really, and then they just say, you know, you're a gobshite. shite and you do didn't?
3: That's, that's <laughs> vanilla either to have to look for another job um, just because her boss doesn't flip and shut up. Um, yeah, I think so, so your sensible options go to HR if there's an opportunity. Yes, I quite. Think, I think also she has said, mentioned it to her, but she has to say I'm thinking of leaving, and if she says I'm thinking of leaving, why? Then it's because, I honestly, I can't take the conversational time. I can't concentrate on my work. You're not getting the best out of me. And then mm-hmm. see what happens. But or otherwise, buy her a gobstopper every morning. I hope she sucks that all day.
1: I'll get some really subtle earbuds. So, you know, put some music on your light. And so, you, you know, you see the kids <laughs> yeah. doing this, don't you? And then the boss is just going to think you're agreeing with everything.
0: Nothing's getting through.
2: Technology is the answer. Excellent. There you go, Fenella. Technology, HR, or indeed just leave. Those, these seem to be your three different options. Nice one. <laughs> if you've got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the Agony Uncle's a line. Your next problem is called A Question of Diet, and this comes from Keith who writes to us and says, Hello, everyone. I live in Durham and I've been overweight for most of my adult life. I'm 52 years old now. Like a lot of people, lockdown wasn't kind to me and I would not been kind to myself. My weight went up to 132 kilos. I'm six foot two. Now, in early December, I had the classic symptoms of wanting to go to the toilet a couple of times through the night, which is unusual for me. So I went to the GP and I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. I spent the next few weeks over Christmas doing a lot of reading online and I bought a few books including Professor Taylor's. Now I believe yes. that Professor Taylor is the guy who worked with you too, is yeah. that right? Yes, that's correct, yeah. At the University of Newcastle. I immediately cut out all the high-calorie foods. I ate sensibly for the next 2 weeks and on December 27th I decided to follow the Newcastle diet. Now this Newcastle diet I think is uh, where you have uh, shakes and uh, you have those and then you get yourself you wean yourself back onto the, a regular diet. Now, Keith says the weight came off a lot more over the first few weeks, then settled down to about a kilo and a half a week. And as of today, uh, I've lost 27 kilograms. Wow. It's great, isn't it? I had another Mm. blood test with the GP last Friday. I got the results. My cholesterol dropped from six to 4.7. And most importantly now, I'm in the pre-diabetic range. He says, I cannot thank your team enough for all the reference material I've been able to gain access to online. Thank you. And I've been gradually introducing a suitable diet over the last few weeks. I've been using the Hairy Bikers diet books. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure of where to go next, though, as I'm not totally clear whether the downward trend of my diabetes will continue if I eat sensibly or it will go up again. So I wondered what advice you might have about my diet moving forward as I move off shakes and get onto regular food. Thanks again, everyone. He says you've made such a huge difference to my life. That comes from Keith. Over to you.
1: Well, I'm sure Professor Taylor would say that that significant weight loss is the reason that you're, you're, you're your blood sugars have have kind of stabilized thing is just to keep an eye on your weight you know they you'll be called for by the gp every 6 months or so to have your blood sugars done so I wouldn't really worry too much about the blood sugars, just keep the weight off. And it's like, if you, if you want a pizza and beer night, have it, but then redress the balance over the next three or four days and let the scales, just try and keep on track with the scales like that. But Professor Taylor was—he's was a bit of a lifesaver for both of us, wasn't he, mate?
0: Oh, he, he's absolutely, he's an amazing man, absolutely amazing man and very, very focused and very, um, knowledgeable because he spent his lifetime doing it he's he's, he's remarkable um, as is his team there um, and yeah I think I mean just to echo what Dave said really it's about keeping the weight down and and eating sensibly and, and but also sustainably so as you come through um, coming off those um, coming off those shakes into a more a more balanced if you like and more interesting diet yeah just you know there's some great, the reference materials that we have on in the Hairy Bikers Diet books are, are are exactly that. It's about sustainability. It's about sustaining that weight loss. So we don't compromise on taste, but you do on calories. And that's been the whole kind of caveat, the whole foundation of all of the books that we've produced in the diet series. So, um, and a little bit of what you fancy, maybe not yet until you get your head around it, but a little bit of what you fancy later on like next year maybe uh, does you good because it's sustainable, um, and that lifetime change that you made's been huge. So congratulations, it's fab. Yeah, it
1: is. It's, like, <clears throat> it's it's like it's I suppose it, I was at the same age as Keith when we prostrated ourselves at the altar of Professor Taylor. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> and um, you know I'd had thirty years getting away with it, the weight creeping on So I'd hit one hundred and fourteen. But I'm I'm a couple of inches shorter than Keith. So probably about the same really. And then we dropped 20 kilos in three months. That, that was hard, but in three months, we managed to redress the damage of three decades. And it was quite a decent payback, really. Um, and it was funny as Keith, what you should do, mate, is, is if ever you kind of worried, you just try and get 27 kilos of anything, a sack, a 25 kilogram sack of of plaster, and just try try walking up the stairs with it. You soon realise that's what you were doing and living with. You've you've lost that. And the thing is with men as well. Uh, this is like people say about the diet thing. The only people, I mean Kingy, felt that we could actually talk to, were overweight middle-aged men. You know because that was us. And but you carry most bloats, bloats carry between the, the the chin and the nuts, and it's really bad. It's like this it's like this gilet of lard, uh, which is hanging on all your organs, which doesn't do you any good. Hence. Um, you know, prone to type two diabetes, but uh, if you're pre-diabetic now,
0: you you just got to keep stable. And think if you keep the weight off, you've got a very good chance of of staying there. Absolutely, absolutely. And just massive congratulations because it is not only a physiological change, but it's a psychological change as well. And that's huge leaps in your lifestyle, which is just, it's to be applauded. It's it's, because it's not easy, Um, but you've done it. And how wonderful is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, when you get go and get your your, your bloods done, you know, once a year or whatever, then it'll go to once a year after every six months and you just get a bit of confidence. And if it does creep up again, you know, just watch your weight. and there are various levels of medication. So, you know, just keep an eye on it. You know, it's something in the background, but really, you know, you've you've grabbed it by the short and curlies and dealt with it, which is very 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 proud of. I mean, we were lucky in a way that we had each other when we were doing the diet as We also had the pressure of being on the telly, you know, because if we hadn't lost the weight, we'd have looked Muppets, really, and we wanted to prove something. But it was amazing, actually, because we were with, with Professor Taylor, some of the apparatus he had, like a flatbed scanner for human beings, <clears throat> and he put us on it, and before the diet, you couldn't see our internal organs. After the diet, hey look, there's my liver. You know, you could see all it turned up. It was that radical. Um...
0: Wow. It was well. listen. I, I, I Dave and I always used to joke. It's not your internal organs. You think it was the first time I saw me Willie for about ten years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had been,
0: it had been in shade and shadow
2: since I was like, oh, there you
0: are. Hello, mate. All right. How are you?
2: Has <laughs> he got a nice suntan now? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No. That's you know. It's 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 Ed.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's good. For everybody, <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah, yeah. we called cold at the moment, right? Like, because I've got snow outside, but other than that, it's great.
2: Well, listen, Keith, uh, some good advice there for you, and uh, yeah, from all of us here, a massive well done and uh, brilliant to lose a match. Well much. done, mate. Yeah, well done, Keith. Well, really? done. Well, done.
1: well
0: done,
2: Keith. And like you say, 27 kilo, I didn't think, because I was trying to work that in stone, but uh, I live on a boat and we have 25 kilo bags of coal, and of course, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I use a trolley to pull one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <very good. laughs> to lift that up is quite, it's quite yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. no, it's over four stone. It's over four stone. That uh, is extraordinary, hey, that's isn't amazing. it? Oh. Amazing, amazing job. All right, well done. Well, if you're down, hey, if you're down, now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just, just, drunk-o, send, an just email, send an email to the ugly, um, to the Agony uncles. Uncles. It's time to head to Confidential Corner. It's called the Marshmallow Waxing Woes. <sighs> We've got the names of the people concerned, but there's no way that we're going to be using those. So, Uncle Sy si and Uncle Dave, uh, names please. Uncle Si, uh, male name. Uncle Dave, female name. Thank you. Kevin. Kevin.
1: Uh, Tilly. Tilly, that's, that's quite posh.
3: I like that one.
1: Tash has infected me. T and Tash. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: I si, the... got Kevin. Tilly
1: and Kevin. Tilly's married beneath (laughs) herself,
2: hasn't she? Kevin. Kevin's punching, but here we go. Tilly writes, Dear Uncle Cy and Uncle Dave, my partner Kevin and me like a bit of the thing that Dave hates. Splodging. Sorry, Dave. Our last attempt, however, ended in disaster, and we need your help. We like nothing more of a Sunday... (laughs) We like nothing more of a Sunday than to lie in front of the fire in the lounge on our sheepskin cozy rug and have adult playtime. And sometimes this involves food. Now, we watched a show recently of yours which featured the marshmallow lady. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's just called a marshmallowist actually. Marshmallowist. Technically. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, so we watched a show featuring the marshmallowist and thought we'd go for a bit of that. I warmed up a large bowl of marshmallow mix in the microwave and took it into the lounge. <laughs> oh god. And we both started to smear it on our bodies. I'll leave oh. it to your imagination how no. and where. Yes. The problem started when oh. I tried to move after lying on top of him. I couldn't. No. <laughs> My boobs had stuck to his chest hair. As I as I pulled myself off him, I actually waxed part of his chest and the pain was incredible. Then he tried to get up. He was stuck to the sheepskin rug. His his back hair again was pulled out as I pulled the rug off him. My hair was stuck to his, his gentleman's carrot was glued to my left leg. It was a disaster.
0: It's gentleman's carrot. <laughs>
2: we you ended up we ended up in a lot of pain with red marks all over us so oh. my question is this oh. have you got a recipe for non-sticky marshmallow no. asks tilly over to you
0: it's made of sugar tilly
1: and Nana. The marshmallow when it's cold does not hurt marshmallow before it sets is like napalm <laughs> you know, <laughs> god knows how he got it on without screaming but then of course it's sugar it sets No, 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 it's wrong in so many ways. Oh, Oh, good grief. We had a lad at art school once, and uh, he was funny. He was a bit of a, he's one of these blokes who pretended he was rock hard, you know. And um, anyway, he decided to do a cast of his bum. But he didn't grease his bum, he just sat in a washing up bowl full of (laughs) plaster. (laughs) Anyway, it was so funny. He was in the sculpture workshop. It's at Goldsmiths. Anyway, it was at all-fours with this plaster-shaped bowl of plaster stuck to his arse. And, of course, the technician, because he knew this lad was a bit of a, you know, he'd phoned everybody up to come and have a look. So, of course, this lad's prostrate on all-fours. And the <laughs> technician's there with a the chisel <laughs> and a hammer, getting this plaster bowl off his nether regions whilst oh. we were all guffawing. Oh. But it must have been... But, but, no what possessed you tilly why 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 they
3: must have surely had a barbecue once you know when you toast a marshmallow and realize it's a bloody nightmare in the middle of the night when you think you're stuck together it's stuck on the it gets on your clothes you wake up next morning you smell a bonfire and you've got a bit of marshmallow stuck on your leg they've been there surely they knew what they were doing
0: i i think i think the key to our to 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 the confusion of um the marshmallow is that? Um, I'm sure that there is something odd happens, and I just seem to remember in the back of my head that when you microwave marshmallows, something you can't, you can't, but you, it it goes all weird, and um, and I think that's why it's been a set like concrete, and B. Um, so so maybe if you're going to try it again, just warm through gently. <laughs> Um,
2: Do you think they're going to try
0: again, it again? Not well, right, again. Right, well, right, you know that's trial and error, isn't it? You know, you can just, you know, you you know where you've gone wrong. Forget the microwave, warm through, you know. But what are so it you did... mixed... but, but forget the marshmallows. Do something safe like porridge. <laughs> You
1: know, Dave, you're not going to lick
3: yeah, the forest right. or by a fire, are Listen,
1: you? Listen, I lived in the highlands of Scotland for 15 years. You don't know what I've been up to in my youth. <laughs> hey. He'd out, couldn't
3: you get his spurtle
1: hey. out? It helps. Oh, you I know. certainly did, Tasha, on <laughs> Tasha. repeated <laughs> occasions. Yes, but um,
0: but there was there a was lot of spurtling getting out in the highlands actually with Dave Myers. Tell do, you know, do
1: you know, do you know what, what What first thought came to mind? Is I've got the lady, the marshmallowist, she'd been trained in Paris, with the most wonderful marshmallows with all sorts of. I wonder what flavour marshmallow they were, they
2: went for. Oh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't clear. Good point. Hey, no. I tell you what, it didn't have nuts in it. Well, it did. I, it, Imagine. It did. it. Oh, my eyes are in some way <laughs> shape or form.
1: It certainly had a carrot. <laughs> oh, but I bet Kevin had bought himself a manscaper. It wouldn't have hurt half as much, <laughs> no, would it? Exactly. If, it oh. not, if no. he trimmed and tidy. No, true. Oh, God, no, not not, not hot, hot stuff you like that.
0: See, you see, I, I, you know, I kind of get it. If it's like, you know, like a beer or something, like, you know... A, you know, I've... what about Nutella? Nutella? Looks so you shit the bed.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, okay, <stupid>. not Nutella.
1: <laughs> Lemon curd. No, the, the only one that appeals to me is that Japanese way, like that, that sushi and sashimi should be served at body temperature and the way they would serve the sushi on a naked body. And, okay. you know, that, that I find quite fabulous. But, but that's got cultural significance in my head. There wasn't much of that in Barrowing Furnace when I was growing up to prepare.
3: <laughs> I don't know, I quite like the idea the marshmallows wouldn't stain. I'm pleased with that. Sticky yeah. on, the, on the sheepskin rug but, love rug, but at least a white marshmallow, you're only going to get white and pink. They're not going to stain.
0: He'd look like he'd been tarred and feathered by the looks. <laughs> <length. So laughs> no. He'd this bloody sheepskin rug on the back of his- Oh no. Oh man. He'd need a manscaper
1: after that. He'd have a fluffy bum. <laughs> Do you remember that time we went for a laugh? Oh, I played a prank on you. We were, we were shooting oh. this little film as a, nothing as up um, <laughs> with marshmallows in a, a disorderly way. And it was before our theatre tour. And one of those, we were pre- meant to be preparing. Now you, you, you might have quite a hairy back, King. Well, you have, yeah, it was a hairy back. Have I got and, a hairy
0: boy? You never see it, do you? you know, well, uh, what I
1: did was, the you know, waxing strips come in strips, don't they? So what I did was, he just wanted to see one strip come off his back. <laughs> And a a scream, (laughs) that was it. Well, I thought this'll be funny. (laughs) I got like six strips and before he realised, I put them all over in a random (laughs) pattern. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, first one, it was like... And then there's a... (laughs) And the director went, yeah, got it. (laughs) uh, There was this George going... What about the rest? Like, <laughs> like, oh, be as gentle as I can, Kingy. But it was so funny. He, his back looked like one of those kind of Amish quilts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it still grows back like that as well, you bastard. I say, well, why? I've got, I've got tufts.
1: He was like parquet floor, wasn't it? Really? It was. It was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> oh God, no,
1: no. No, but ma- no, yes. Maestro, I didn't yeah. think splodging was could be dangerous. I suppose
0: it could be, really. Yeah. I've got to tell you this story. There's a there's a mutual uh, friend of ours that that uh, back in the day. He said, I uh, oh, he, he had this girlfriend, and, and and they kind of weren't particularly matched, really. I mean, they were, they were both, you know, nice and in love and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, his mum and dad had this massive. I it was about twenty two, maybe. And we had a band at the time. And uh, and I cannot mention names because they know who they are. Um, but basically, he he laid his girlfriend on um, on the table, and then it was summertime, and then proceeded to cover her with squirty cream <laughs> and strawberries. And then he goes, he said, uh, he said, oh, okay, I was having a lovely time. Like, he said, but by the time I got to my, my belly button, I was full. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: and he said, I couldn't do anything else because I felt a bit sick. Or
3: <laughs> well, they could chew.
0: <laughs> that's uh, good. Yeah,
2: he got, he definitely, I said, that's because you're greedy, dude.
3: That's
2: all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, uh, it's, it, I mean, I don't think there's... Uh, fundamentally, there is no low-sugar recipe for marshmallows. So, no, we can't help you with that. Tilly,
0: darling, don't be t- <laughs> Just use something else. Well, just buy what marshmallows and just
1: place them provocatively. You yeah. don't have yeah. to, like, be liquid. You, you know, you, you're having an erotic speech. You're not embalming the poor lad. you have to buy those giant marshmallows, the ones
3: you get, for the, the American-sized ones, <laughs> <laughs> you get a place,
0: they cover them... Prepared. You know what the answer is, don't you? Flumps. You know those... No, long flumps! Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could have bondage with flumps, couldn't you? You could, oh, yeah. You could eat your way out of your ropes. No, I'm not into this at all. Ooh. I feel oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah, no,
0: you look pretty animated about don't it though, dude, do you? You know what I mean? If it was a cheese board, it'd be a different matter entirely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. But not, yeah, see, not, see. Yeah, but not molten cheese. Be no, like, no. That oh, I oh know, a nice common and Berton. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, That's, I think well, wouldn't it? I? That's what you call a Welsh rare bit. Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if your <laughs> life's in a the mess, then the email address is AgonyUncles at thehairybikes.co.uk.
1: Well, thank yeah. you so much for listening and for contacting the show. It's always great to hear from you. We we'll look forward to your emails so we can help you.
0: Yeah, send in your questions and problems to agonyuncles at thehairybikes.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at the hairy here, and we'd love to try and assist you with our worldly and pretty mostly useless advice. remember to follow this
1: podcast so that a new one appears every Friday morning. And if you've got a spare moment, rate and review it because something called a Google bot likes that. So says Barry, our website guru. Thank you, Barry.
0: Oh, yeah! Th- only Barry would know what a
1: Google bot is. Uh-oh. He has, you know. Yeah. No, but I a bet. A uh, oh, Kevin's got a Google bot.
0: <laughs> yeah. He has it. The minute. A minute. Sheepskin Google bot. God oh, love the fella. <laughs> so from Poshtash. Bye bye. The thin white dupeness Goodbye. And us. Bye-bye.
2: Bye bye. Bye.